At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. From our boy Spencer. Good morning, guys. How we doing? Welcome to it. Welcome, traders and investors, to pre-market prep, where you guys get all the things that you guys need to get ready for the market open. Today, we got a lot to talk about. We got Bank of England uh, raising rates. We got Lucid for my Lucid dreamers out there. We'll talk a little bit about Clorox, Eli Lilly, Alibaba, Penn Gaming, Wayfair, Cigna, Datadog. We got a lot to talk about. There's more earnings on out there. So if there's one earnings that's got your attention, definitely throw it up in the chat. We'll go ahead and catch it and make sure that we touch it. Let's dive on in today. Our special guest, none other than Mark Chaikin. We're super excited to always have Chaikin on. Let's dive in and see what the guys see in this market. Is the bull market back, baby? We'll find on out. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's go ahead. Let's bring Good on Joel and Dennis Dick. Let's wow. take a look at this market. In technical terms, we're almost back to a bull market, baby. Up 19% on kind of the NASDAQ. And if you look at it off also the Qs, 20% is considered, you know, what we're, we're what up we first 20% considered. from the lows, eh? That's impressive. Yeah, almost there, man. Almost wow. to another bull market, baby. We'll see what happens. Let's take a look at the futures action. Joel, if you can share your charts, we'll see what happened overnight. And the question will be, will we get back into that rip and rally and stay up here as we keep keep lifting? No turnaround. The bears are hiding. I uh, took a look at yesterday's high. That's an important number. Uh, 4170 went to 73 and a quarter. Just kind of leaking uh, off then, not back at unchanged. Pre-market low, not much there, 41.48. That was the area of a couple highs. So definitely uh, staying above the pre-market low, important today. Uh, let's take your crude. Uh, crude, you, you won 30, people. You got a ways to go now. Lost a couple bucks yesterday. Up 63 cents at 91.28. We got to clear that 92 and a half to get back, uh, to get back in the rally mode. Uh, silver uh, and gold are both strong this morning. Gold up 2640 at 1802.80. Silver up back in the 20 handle. Keep an eye on 20 and a half. We had a pair of highs up there before the little decline yesterday. Up 44.6 cents, 20.33. Bitcoin down a tad, 530, 23,010. Ethereum futures, they're down $30 at 1628.50. All right, we got to be paying attention today to see what we get from the initial jobless claims. That's the first thing that I just want to state right off the hop. The consensus is 259,000. Prior was 256,000. We're watching to see how the, uh, the labor markets hold up. Um, it's something that definitely the Fed is watching. I also saw mentions out there about two missiles launched in China, but of course, this was in the drill zone so not really affecting the markets now something that we're all going to keep on watch to see what happens there in china and just to wrap it up on the macro side the bank of england on thursday hiked interest rates 50 basis points in the largest single increase since 1995 as it tries to also keep up with runaway inflation
Lots to ponder. We will say that much. There's lots of balls to juggle, like we were saying. The Bulls are in complete control here right now, and I think they remain in control until something happens with China. Um, that's going to be the wild card, and the timing of that is impossible to predict. So all I'll say you know, is I'm cautious. Obviously, I've sold some stocks because I think there's an eventual rug pull, but the timing of that rug pull is nearly impossible to call. We are getting through the earnings season. There's been some disappointments, but for the most part, it's been okay. Good enough is good enough. Expectations were in the gutter three weeks ago when we were buying stocks. I'm just taking the profits for the most part and everything that I bought three and a half, four weeks ago. And that's what I've been talking about on the show because I don't want to sit here and all of a sudden, you know, we're down a thousand points because China's pulled something. So that's my concern. Um, But we're climbing the wall of worry. Does it feel like we're going to 420? Yeah, it kind of does. Does it feel like China's going to do something, you know, in the next 24 hours? Probably not. We don't know when the timing of this thing's going to be. I mean, they're doing some missile tests, but, you know, for the most part, it's been, you know, quiet since the Pelosi visit, but I think there's going to be problems here eventually. And that's why I'm just booking the profits that, I've, that we've already made from the latest run. And, been and a nice maybe, run. We're up 19% yeah. from the lows, like you said, Mitch. It's been a yeah. nice run. Uh, and and what, about, what about the whole other contingent out there that missed the rally and are waiting for the China thing to buy the dip? Well, there you go too, Joel. I mean, there, there's there's... There's that FOMO. That's what keeps driving us. Every time we dip a little bit here, Joel. Yeah, so if we got a big dip, if we got a big dip. There's a lot of money on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. So that that does continue to drive us. That is an issue for the Bears. Undoubtedly an issue for the Bears Mm -hmm. um, to deal with. I would just say it depends on where your overall positioning is, too. But even like I, I think I think I find it hard to believe that, okay, that we're just going to get a one-day dip on whatever the hell China does, and then we're just going to continue to climb. I, I think it's going to be more supply chain. Like, I think they're going to, like, I don't think they're coming. I don't think we're going to war. Like I said, the supply chain has all been screwed up from China. They could really, really screw it up for once, and for, for us, if they really want to. And the whole source of the inflation that we were experiencing originally, Joel, was from the supply chain. So if they want to really screw us up, our economy, they have every capability to do it. But I mean, until that time comes, this market doesn't care right now. It's in full honey badger mode. It's ignoring all other risks. And it thinks we're by inflation and it's like, rah, rah, let's go. Like, what what do you think the catalyst for yesterday's rally was? It, it's very obvious. Do you know what the catalyst was? Uh, the catalyst yesterday. Uh, well, Why did we rally? Why did so we had some decent earnings reports? And I think uh, technically, I mean, I, I look at it. We took out a major level. What? what None of that. You, you want to know why we rallied yesterday? Oil was down three bucks. Everybody is looking at inflation and saying the commodities are coming in hard. Focus. And we're buying tech stocks when oil is down. Oil mm-hmm. got hammered yesterday and they turned around and they started to buy the hell out of the tech stocks. And that is the reason that we were up so much yesterday. And that continues to be the reason as the commodity trade comes off. And I mean, this 2022 has maximized punishing the maximum amount of participants because think about they're all selling tech stocks. Oh, you got to get in commodities. You got to buy oil. It's going, it's going. This is, you know, we got to buy, we're going to $150 a barrel. They have just literally pulled the rug out from all the commodity traders. They've all been crushed that way too. And then they turned around a month ago and started buying the hell out of the tech stocks. There's a perfect inverse relationship. This is what I'm all about is relationships, identifying Mm -hmm. them. Perfect inverse relationship right now between oil and gross tech growth stocks. And oil down yesterday is equal. And Kramer even pointed out. Kramer pointed out on Mad Money. So he's even (laughs) noticing it now. When oil is down and getting hit, they're buying the hell out of the tech stocks. And that is why you saw this ridiculous move up yesterday. And maybe that continues. But if we end up getting into a war situation, oil starts to go back up, they'll pull the rug out from under those tech stocks too. So just be aware of those new relationships that have formed now. And right now, this market cares about oil and commodity pricing more than anything else. 
I would have to agree and something to keep on watch. Just to mention there, of course, yesterday's surprise of 4.5 million barrels in the stockpile there um, definitely was not what was expected. It was expected actually was a negative number there. I expected the decline and the gasoline stockpiles actually grew, which was the uh, kind of flip side there that Dennis mentioned. All right, let's get out of the crude talk inflation. We could stay on this all day, but I want to touch a little bit of a topic before we get to Mark Chaikin. Let's talk about the Lucid Dreamers, baby, because they got the surprise put on them with the numbers that came out here. This was unexpected here. Uh, Lucid dropping here uh, very early and i saw this when i when i saw this i was really concerned delivering only a thousand four hundred and five vehicles in the first half of the year of course the original forecast for the year was twenty thousand um and then now they're going to go ahead and change their production volume outlook to six thousand to seven thousand the eps came in here at 33 cent loss beating the 36 cent loss estimate sales at 97.3 million missing the 145.49 million estimate huge miss on that sales the one thing to consider is we're in this buy the dip mentality in tech stocks the second thing is joel as you're going to point out what support we're coming into on lcid i mean 17 this is crazy i mean yeah. one two three four five six of the last seven days we have bottomed between 1777 yeah, right there. and like yeah. 1785 and we're right there again so don't tell me technical analysis doesn't work because sometimes it really does it may not dictate the direction of the move on an earnings report but after the earnings report happens it sure as hell does you know hold sometimes and why right now we are holding support on lcid similar to shopify remember shopify you know, and we we sold off. We got right to that support level. And we hung out there in the tire pre-market, and then we turned around on it. So I'd be very cautious going bearish on stocks that are at those key support levels. Support is support until it's broken. Right now, LCID is on critical support. It sets up for risk-reward to buy this dip right here, stopping yourself out, let's say, like 1730 or something. Yeah, so, you know, give yourself yeah. a little bit of wiggle room. But, you know, and obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the session, but this sets up as a buy the dip opportunity. Um, I'm on the opposite side here. I've been waiting for this to come down. Um, and I think this is just kind of fulfilling the story that Lucid isn't what we are dreaming it up to be. Uh, this I don't think big it is either. Vehicle uh, I driver. And I think that with 1,405 vehicles and only 97 million made, I, I think this is a short, but hey. Uh, to each I his think, own. I think, I think, yeah, but not, not nothing about to each his own. It's about timing. So right now I mean, you're at support. I, I personally, Mitch, I'm, I'm on your side. I think Lucid mm -hmm. goes, ahead. I've said on this show before, when Lucid was $50, I said, I think it's a $5 stock. You know, I've said that before. I've said that on Lucid before. I think there's a potential that Lucid is a $5 stock. But right now we're not in that market. We're not in that like, okay, let's, you know, bat down the hatches and kill every stock. They're looking for dips to buy. So it's all about timing. So, you know, I think you're, you're going to end up being right. I think Lucid could end up going a lot lower, but there's no way in the world I'm shorting it on this support until I see, one, the support clearly broken, or two, I get a China rug pull in this overall market. Because right now, this market is hungry for any tech stock that's coming on a dip. I mean, look yesterday, AMD dips. They, they buy, buy it. Airbnb dips. Yep. They buy it. That's true. Um, there was, well, how many other ones yesterday? Like, uh, there was like a, a plethora. Plenty of them. There, was, there was a whole bunch of examples. Not tech. You had to, only tech stocks. That's what they're hungry for right now. Even you know, other stocks like Caterpillar that have dipped, Caterpillar continues to go down because it's the value trade. It's the commodity trade. It's not what they're hungry for right now. Yeah. They're hungry for beaten down, no money making tech stocks. That might change. It could, could change overnight. could change. China pulls the rug, changes. Everything changes. But right now, we got to trade what's in front of us. And I think you could be early on that trade. I think you're going to end up being right, Mitch. I just yeah. scared you could be early. Definitely. I would be looking at it more of a swing. I'd be looking for pops into resistance. We'll see what happens Yeah, there. and selling the rip, too. Like, who wants to short a stock that's down 13% in this market? That has clearly, like you just said, turned into a bull market in the last yeah. three weeks. 
So and, and maybe you're good, and maybe it's going to take out support. But you can see right now, Joel, you're their technical analyst here too. Yeah, you can see this is holding support right now. At least it's trying to. It's it. It's open to it. Uh, you know, the uh, initial spike down was uh, a little bit lower than that, seventeen forty-one. I would say if you know if the the buy the dip is going to work in this today, um, this is going to get an eighteen bid. You know, it, it yeah. it's gonna it's gonna it's I mean, I don't think we're gonna get back to yesterday's range, but I would just pivot at eighteen here. If they could get a you know, I what I would be very careful of is like open up at seventeen seventy, go to eighteen oh five, and then all of a sudden you're you're clamped back down at eighteen. So yeah, uh, let's see what happens early. There's not much here, just one daily low at seventeen thirty one. And then it really falls off a cliff. But it's and a that big might move. be the and that might be the thing to do if you're scared of this support and you think it might get taken out. Maybe you wait until you get a feel for the regular session. You see, and you start going up over eighteen. You're like, okay, that support held once again, and then stopping yourself out. But the key is, you know, with any trade, you can put on anything. I've always said that you can put on any trade you want and any stock you want. Just know where your out is. You know, always, always have that contingency plan on where I'm going to get out. Never let the trade become the long-term investment never ever let that happen my trading account like i said goes to 100 <laughs> cash every single day um my my day trading overnight account goes to cash every single day at 10 a.m or 10 you don't want to be left like the monopoly guy with a whole bunch of bags no, no one wants and, to and this is what happens guy. this is the difference this is the difference between somebody who's doing this you know for 22 years successfully and somebody who's done it you know through 2020 for six months successfully or a year successfully it's not that i'm good at calling stocks it's not that i make good market calls it's that i'm disciplined and that i get the hell out when i'm wrong i'm wrong all the time you're a trader you're going to be wrong lots of times if you refuse to take those losers eventually those losers will take over your portfolio take over your trading account dominate it and just slowly take away your mental capital and your physical capital all right let's go ahead let's get into our interview today let's bring on my man mark chaykin excited to go ahead and dive on in excited to see his outlook let's dive on in how are you doing mark we're doing great let's start with lucid and then we'll get into the market ah you enjoyed that <laughs> one too mark well, i guess you guys are talking to day traders because two less than 200 million in revenue and it's got almost the same market cap as shopify it's got 34 billion in market cap <laughs> shopify has 5 billion in revenue and a 50 billion dollar market cap but, you know if you're looking for opportunities look for it in shopify not in Lord, yeah, Shopify I, has just run here to, to your point, and we are talking okay. to day traders here, Mark. Yeah, but Shopify so, just ran. So, so if you're listening to the show like a week and a half ago, we were talking the same shot, the same exact conversation with Shopify, and I was saying I would not sell it at the 30 support, it's I, just held for too long, exactly. And now it's 42, so I would actually be selling probably into the strength and the, the profits that we just took from six days ago. So, all I'm saying is there's a trade setup here on Lucid where the buy the dip has worked so much this earning season that it could hold again. I'm not saying it's going to hold. And I agree with you, Mark. I just agree with Mitch too. I think long-term Lucid's going lower, but I think yeah. short-term this market is all of a sudden hungry for anything and it's buying dips and dip oh. buying is working again. So I go with what yeah. works. And as a day trader right now, buying the dip continues to work. Well, in addition to cutting my losses, I like to focus on maybe 20 or 30 stocks max for trading. And so I want to take things off nice. my screen that, that aren't a real company. Yeah. This isn't and a real company. This I is, agree with you there, too. You know, so that's my only point. But Mark, focus on the real I, I company. I just want to take your point there, too. That's an awesome point you're making because I think a lot of traders struggle because they're over here. They're trading here. They're trading yeah. here. They're always like chasing what's moving, chasing around. But with yeah. you focus on 20 to 30 stocks, we used to teach that exact thing at Bright Trading. Focus on like 20 or 30 stocks. Make them your bread and butter. Exactly. You start to understand those stocks. You start to get a feel for how, you know, maybe the designated market, it used to be the designated market maker, you used to have more control. But you get a feel for how those stocks trade. Mark, that's such a fabulous point you're making. I appreciate that. So let's get to the market, Joel. I put my feet to the fire. I didn't miss the rally. I've missed the move since 4,000 because I did expect them to get to 4,000. So we've now had a big extension beyond that. And the question is, is the bear market over? And my answer would be, if it is, then it's going to be the only bear market since 1950 where you didn't have capitulation. You didn't have people puking out uh, mutual funds and ETFs. 
uh, you've actually had an inflow this year into ETFs. So what I see is the dynamics going on is exactly what you guys were talking about. Advisors are historically underinvested. Hedge funds are still short tech. Part of the rally we've seen is hedge funds covering tech. Yeah. And you haven't, you've got the individual investor, because that's who's buying the ETFs, putting money into the market. So I, I'm watching the McClellan Oscillate, uh, Summation Index. In every reversal from bear to bull, the McClellan has gone uh, to between 800 and 1,000. Uh, and, and you've got a history of that back to 1960. And it's now at 328, and it's had a nice swing up. So what is the McClellan Oscillator? It's just the summation of the McClellan. Uh, what is the summation? Just just every day you add in the value of the McClellan Oscillator. And so it's a measure of advanced declines. Now, people are going to say there aren't as many equities as there have been, you know, that the New York Stock Exchange is dominated by exchange-traded funds and non-equity indices. doesn't matter what you look at. You still haven't achieved liftoff level, even though the rally is impressive. So in the NASDAQ, you're at 19.9%. In the S&P, you're at about 13%. I, I just don't think it's over. And um, that's where I am. You could get to 4,200 here. You could even get to 4,300, which yeah. would be the 200-day average on the S&P. But I think if you're putting money to work at these levels, you're going to be sorry in three months. It, it's it's tough. I'm worried about China. I don't know what your thought process is, but I'm worried mm. that this Pelosi visit probably obviously pissed Xi off significantly here. I'm worried that they could just take repercussions in the form of screwing up our supply chain again. That's what I'm scared of because that was the source of the original problems was the supply chain got all screwed up and then inflation took over. And now we're still trying to recover from the supply chain issues. But all of a sudden they decide to want to screw up our supply chain again. It would open a whole new can of worms. Yeah. I, um, my only issue with that point of view, and I think it's not, it's a good one, is it, typically it's the things we don't focus on or we don't know that bite us in, a, yeah. a, in the stock market. So I, I'm more in the camp that it's continuing negative forward guidance and analysts lowering their estimates, which then sees a revert out of tech and back into things like energy. Uh, because if we see two, 200 to 210 in the S&P estimates, you could easily get a 15 multiple on that and see the market at 3,000. Do I think that's going to happen? I actually don't know. Do I think we're going to test 3,600? I do. But I think it's going to be based on earnings uh, and where analyst estimates are headed. And, uh, you know, that we're going to see what happens with estimates after the second quarter earnings season is over, which is in a week or so, week to 10 days. And let's see if analysts can stand up and keep their estimates where they are, given what they've heard from forward guidance. Ron, the line with Mark Chaikin, Chart Chaikin Analytics, joins our show every two weeks to give us his uh, fundamental and technical outlook on the markets. Mark, as far as like not seeing capitulation, I think there's a lot of investors out there that feel that they've seen capitulation in some of the uh, some of the issues that they own. I mean, you can look at a lot of stocks in the this uh, tech sector uh, being washed out, you know, just under 300, uh, you know, single digits in Square, PayPal, Shopify. We could just go on, you know, on down the list. So, uh, you know, even in some of the big mega tech cap stocks, I mean, we came back down to, uh, you know, something for Amazon came almost back down to uh, the COVID lows. I yep. mean, you don't think that, you know, Amazon's in much better shape, you know, financially making money as it was a couple of years ago. So I don't know. I mean, there's other reasons why the market go down, but I just think that the capitulation thing, I, I think you, you've already seen it in across the board. And the last flush, the last leg lower is when, uh, you know, some of the big tech fell. Well, I agree with you. And that's why since November, I've been talking about a rolling bear market you know, that swings from tech, uh, which peaked in February of 21, as you know, with Kathy Woods being the poster child, to every other industry under the sun, including energy here in the last three months, as, um, you know, you've gotten a, a swing back toward tech. But 
I'll, I still go back to the notion that there are two ways to measure capitulation. One is through advanced declines. The other is through money coming out of equity funds. And we haven't seen in terms of the various indicators that I look at, like the McClellan oscillator, the McClellan summation, 10-day advanced decline, whatever you have it, you haven't seen the extreme readings that tell you that people are scared. And until people are scared, I don't think a bear market bottoms out. I've done a deep dive in the last uh, month on every bear market back to 1960. And so could it be different this time? My mentor, Stan Burge, used to answer that question with, yep, maybe, but I, I don't think so. Uh, in you, know, you use the term like uh, rolling, uh, you know, bear market. Uh, to me, the market feels now like they were just kind of like, a, um, you know, rolling, I don't want to call it bull market would, you know, might get in trouble using that term. But, you know, they're, they're, they're finding other things to buy, you know, that once again, you know, the rotation in the market can keep this market afloat for a long time. And now, you know, well, you know, your, your, your big cap tech had a nice rally. I mean, your, your growth tech is coming back. Your, uh, your biotechs are coming back. I just, are we at that point again where it's just, well, we're really, you know, I, I kind of feel it's hard unless, unless the China rug pool, which is, gets a lot of, you know, a lot of pub on this show. If not, it just seems like they're, they're just looking for stuff to buy. And I think that was evidence this earnings season uh, where, even some not good, you know, some not good sub reports were were bought up. I got, what uh, what's your take on uh, just uh, the the rolling rotation that just keep this market afloat? Well, I've, uh, a biotech has been something we've liked now for three or four months. So uh, and they're all making new highs. So I don't think you can buy biotech here. But I'll, I'll we're sort of mimicking um, a 20 year pattern. This is the old GAN stuff that I'd never been able to make money with, but I've now got an associate who knows how to make money with it. Um, if you look back to 2022, uh, 2002, you've got a perfect analog for what's going on. In 2002, the S&P rallied 23% low to high in the summer, and then it just crashed. So yeah, anything's possible in the markets, but there is a history going back to 1960, particularly in 73-4, of rallies of anywhere from 13 to 20%, and it's yeah. still a bear market. So, I, hey, look, if I had a crystal ball, I, I'd probably get up late and miss the show, but I don't. <laughs> All I can go is based on the probabilities. And yeah, this is an impressive rally, and I think it's a chance to get a little bit liquid and pair back socks that haven't been performing. Uh, you, you know, you, when you take a stock like Lurid um, and it hasn't rallied in the, in this swing, then you got to question when will it rally? Yeah. Yeah. And if your so, stock hasn't rallied in this last three weeks, something's not right. <laughs> Something <laughs> broken there. So you might need to check that well, out. I, again, I think you've got to look at themes. So I love telehealth and biotech okay. and where that's all going over the next five to 10 years. I love cybersecurity. So you look at a stock that I've pounded the table on, Doximity, uh, was wrong from 100 all the way down to 28. But this chart's starting to look good, DOCS. This is the future. This is telemedicine actually making money. It's not really telemedicine. It's, it's Facebook and LinkedIn for doctors. Yep. And my point be, and they make money. They made money from almost the day they were started, went public a little over a year ago. Find stocks like this where you really believe in the fundamentals and then, then buy the real dips. And that's a pretty decent chart pattern. And it's not exploding. It's not at a 52-week high. That would take it over 100, which is not happening anytime soon. But buy stocks like this on a 10% dip. And they can happen in one day. If you get a, you know, a day where tech is, is weak, then stocks like this. But don't buy something like APPS, which is a broken angel, you know, that's not rebuilding a really good chart. Mark, oh, wasn't the one you gave us to EPAM, which was a good EPAM, one? EPAM, oh, yeah, that's big. Yeah, like you gave us that, I think, at like 250 or something. Yeah, here now. Yeah, and that, well, that's the, you know, they had all their programmers in the Ukraine or most that's of That's right, them. I remember that one. And, yep. and Russia, thank you for that. Um, 
this is a real company. Now, was it overpriced at 720? Yes. But was it underpriced at 250? Absolutely. So again, with the, the notion that there are really only 20 or 30 stocks you want to be dealing in, for your investment side, it should be fewer than that, maybe 10 to 20. And so I have stocks like EPAM and Doximity on my radar screen. I've actually got Tesla on my radar screen now, but that, that's uh, not coming down, you know, unless the market comes down. Uh, so that's my point of view. And, and getting back to what's driving the market, there was a bigger correlation, uh, Dennis, which was the U.S. dollar. And that may have broken here in the last few days, but not by much. When the dollar weakened, the market rallied. Now, often that's tied to the price of oil. So the, the two are like uh, cousins, if you will. But it, it's that weak dollar that you're looking at there that really helped the market. Definitely. I was going to point and, to that. And, here's the, and there's an interesting phenomenon. Typically, the market has gone up in the non-traditional hours, the S&P futures, and then down this is in the last two years, and then down during the regular session. So all the gains have been made overnight because of the dollar primarily. So when the dollar is strong, they're selling U.S. stocks to get dollars because they want to be in dollars, the, the big traders and the European banks. When the dollar is weak, they don't have to sell stocks overnight to get dollars. They can actually buy them. And so there's just a, an internal dynamic, but we'll see how this plays out. Uh, but I, I would watch the dollar in addition to oil. I agree with you. Energy has been a driver here. Uh, but again, if interest rates are going up and this rally has come in the face of the 10 year rallying, I think 25 to 30 basis points. Yeah. And that's a little troublesome because that's the market telling you, OK, we know interest rates are going up. Well, if interest rates are going up, then. PE ratios for tech typically come down. So there's a lot of cross dynamics, which is why I always revert back to the technicals. And if we see the uh, McClellan summation index above 800, then I'll reevaluate. It's at 368 right now and rising every day. I think I've, I've, Acquiesced you guys into submission. I've never seen that before. Man, man. <laughs> Sorry about that. We, thought, we all thought the, somebody else was going. Usually, I jump in all the I'm time. I'm looking at initial jobless claims. That's that's what got my attention there. So oh, okay. I'm trying to grab us yeah. our initial jobless claims that are hitting the tape right now. Um, but definitely, that's one thing that I was watching. I know that Kramer went on yesterday talking about pointing at a, a rally in gold. Maybe probably looking at that dollar there. Um, what do you feel about that one, Mark? Do you, do you feel that's a little bit of a wild call there, a rally in gold? Hey, gold was oversold, so sure, it's possible. All of our power gauge ratings on the gold miners have turned bearish in the last month or so. So they had been bullish in the spring up until maybe an April peak. But uh, I don't, I'm not really good on gold. Just rallied 100 bucks. So, I yeah, mean, All right. you know. You know. That's not, getting... that's not Kramer, but... Um... Right, no, last week it did. Yeah. So right. I don't, let's, uh, let's see where we play out here in two weeks, and um, good luck. I'd, I'd be raising cash here. I, I am too. Sucks. That's in what I'm... I, I think it's prudent. I mean, we just had a 19% rally to Mitch's yeah. point in the queues. I think it's prudent to take some cash and take some chips off the table. I mean, if you've been getting hit all year, and now you're like, oh, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about my portfolio. I mean, how many times have we seen this in this in this bear market we've experienced in the last you know eight months where, oh, it goes down, and then it starts to come back. It's like, oh, okay, here we go. We're going to get the V the V bottom. And then they just pull the rug out again. I'm just you know waiting for that next red rug pull. And maybe this is going to be different, and maybe we're going to have a V bottom. Maybe we're going back to all-time highs. But, I mean, there is so many hurdles to get over with the higher rates and inflation still up there and the whole China situation, the war in Ukraine. It's hard to just add up the math to get to all-time highs. Agreed. Something we're definitely going to have to keep watch to see how this market reacts. So I'm going to go ahead and get you out of here, Mark. I'm, we're going to pay attention to the jobless claims and yep. catch Thanks, some guys. other earnings. Always but appreciate pleasure. you like always, Mark. We'll definitely have you back on. All right, guys, we, let's go we ahead. We got another buy, a buy, a purchase here. CCXI looks like it's going off the board here. This has been the driver for XBI here is that you're getting M&A now happening these beaten down biotech stocks and we didn't have a chance to talk off this off the bat this news hit right at 8 a.m 
So right when we're getting ready to start the show. But you got Amgen going to acquire CCXI for $52 a share in cash. That's 100% premium. Um, We also have a rumor that GBT is in play here now, too, which is Global Blood Therapeutics. So what you're seeing, you know, and this is maybe indicative of, you know, a little bit of a turnaround story in the overall market, is you're seeing companies, you know, beating down biotech names, really starting to, you know, get some looks from other companies like uh, the, the big guns. And I mean, XBI has been built this recent rally in the last month and a half on XBI from 62 to 85 has been built a little bit on a few M&A deals. And maybe that continues to happen here because, um, you know, the, the prices on some of these beaten down the biotech na- names have just gotten too cheap. So we get another one, CCXI and GBT in play too. So XBI up substantially on that. SP is getting a little bounce off the jobless claims up 6,000 to 260. Uh, just kind of meandering. Got near unchanged. They like that unchanged and just rallying back here into the 4160 handle. They're finding reasons to buy stocks. They're going to continue to find those reasons. Again, I'm still, again, I'd say if the China situation, if I wasn't so worried about this and I keep reiterating it, and I may be wrong. There's a lot of reasons, you know, to own stocks too. I can give all those reasons, you know, that to not own stocks. But, you know, the reasons to own stocks, the main reason that commodities have come down. And that's next CPI report, which a lot of people are anticipating. I mean, the rating's on the wall. It's coming in. I mean, it's going to come in probably light. It looks like it's going to come in light. I mean, if you're anywhere where these commodities are affecting it, you've had commodity deflation here, you know, coming for the last month, month and a half here now. So, I mean, when did oil top out? I mean, we're going back to beginning of June. This is going to start showing up in the data. So that's the one thing when we get this next CPI report, which is it next week, Mitch? Wednesday, Uh, coming on up. One week. I think you got people, you know, don't want to be short on that situation either. So that is a catalyst. You see that CPI come in light, which I believe it's going to. It could rip stocks there too. How light, I think, is going to be something also paid. That's important as well. And, and, you know, we're not just going back and all of a sudden it's back to business as usual. Yeah, here. It's I mean, not going to be 2%. <laughs> inflation is here to stay. But, yeah. I mean, the one good thing is commodity prices have come down substantially. I mean, you can just go across the board from lumber to, you know, to agricultural to, you know, wheat to oil. You know, you know what's going to be the sign that I know inflation's down. peaked? Dennis's house is done. <laughs> no, well, that's it. I built my house in the most inflationary. Yeah, so if you want, I'm a pretty good stock trader. I'm terrible building houses. I'll tell you that right now. Just <laughs> terrible. Built the built the top on it all. So and it is. It's going to be done. It's supposed to move in in two and a half weeks here. So oh, I'm excited. Really? That scares me about wow, inflation. Yeah, though. No, that it means... scares me too. So that's going to be uh, the peak inflation. Yeah, that's peak is inflation that with indicator. with or without the oven? Oh, I know the uh-oh. oven's not coming in, Joel. The <laughs> oven's not coming in. We ordered it a year ago, and it's definitely not coming. The so front door did. too. Front yeah, door. Man. So 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 I told outdoor you. Outdoor kitchen. No front door. No oven. Yeah. No outdoor front kitchen, door. Man. No oven. And there's something else missing too, which I don't even remember now. But yeah. there's you know that's just supply chain issues. You know when you're building a house, you have supply chain issues. We've had it all the way along, but you know it's we can live without a front journey, door. I guess man. we can live without an oven. All right, let's let's bring us to some other earnings here. Let's go to Eli Lilly here. EPS coming in here at a dollar twenty-five, missing the dollar sixty-nine cent estimate. Sales at six point four nine billion, missing the six point seven billion estimate. They lowered guidance there on the adjusted EPS for the full year twenty twenty-two to a low end of seven ninety, and the estimate was eight oh eight. I've been selling all my long-term pharma stocks. And that's what I really have been selling here for the last little while. I hedged my Merck. I mean, and again, I just had a point here. And it's not like, you know, I think this is going to be an epic crash. But I think these stocks are all sitting near the highs. Now I think it's almost like I feel like they're lose-lose trades here now. Because if the market turns around and starts really hammering, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, China. They'll get hammered. They they could get hammered with it. And if we're going into a rah-rah bull market, these aren't the stocks. They're they're crowded. That's where money is hiding. So there's too much money hiding in all these things now. And they've had good runs. I mean, Lilly has had an impressive run. You're coming in and investing in Lilly now. 2021 is $150. It's $300. This bloody stock has doubled in a year and a half. It's pharmaceutical stock. Pharmaceutical stock. Yeah, Yeah, they don't move like this. I mean, Merck is a little bit, it hasn't moved quite as much. Uh, But, you know, from 70 to 95 is a pretty good 
move for Merck because it's mainly a dividend play. I mean, it was four and a half, five percent dividend. It's moved up so much, it's only a three percent yield here now. Pfizer has had all the love from, you know, the obvious COVID shots and all the other things and starting to not look healthy on the charts to me here either. And then I've had AbV for a long time too. I sold part of my AbV before the print because I was nervous going into it because just feel like they're hitting firm stocks on the prints. I sold at 149. It's now 141. Um, so I've been lightening up. I still have lots of positions. I still have Pfizer. I still have some longer term positions in pharma, but I just don't want to buy pharma stocks on this. this isn't, Lily isn't the stock I'm looking for in a pullback. I mean, this is no man's land. I mean, you talk about no man's land. I mean, look at that run this thing had off the July low, right? From uh, from 285. <sighs> Pre-market low. I mean, a day like this, okay, you're 293. So you're 14, 14 bucks off the pre-market low. In my humble opinion, you're going to have to pick an intermediate level ahead of that to get back down to the pre-market low. See if there's even a daily low in here. Not much. I think overall, I would just go, what, 285 to, you know, the whole, if you really want to own this, let it come down 50%. Uh, let's get out the tool here, the, the retracement tool. I love your 50% retracement. Yeah, I just got to get the line right on top. Head. I need a 50% retracement tool. There there you go. Boom. 310. I mean, if you've been waiting, I mean, if you really, like if you had a short on this one, you're opening right into your June 23rd low. If that was your target, then I, I don't think it's going to hold right there. But this might be one where you open lower, you flush out some stops, you go down 302, 303, something like that. Then you come whooshing back up through the open uh, in one possible scenario. Uh, Pre-market low is always a good target. It just doesn't feel like it's going to get there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be fighting that too much. It looks like it's already almost already back. Uh, let's. I did see the CEO, and I tell you, I don't listen to much on CNBC, but I just, I, I really like the CEO. Like they were trying to, trying to dog him with. He questions. was in full just, damage control this morning too, though. He's like, I think our guidance <laughs> is pretty good. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, so, and, and and the stock started rallying off of that too. I mean, there hey. is a trade off of those interviews on CNBC when they get them on there. And, you know, and something gets said, I mean, even opinions from like Kramer and they move stocks. I mean, if the stock's yeah. wishy-washy and it wants, like, it doesn't know which way to go. And then Kramer comes on and talks about, it, he's like, I hated the report. The stock tanks. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that, and then they'll, and then the media will come in the next day and say, oh, was this that caused it? Now Kramer actually caused the stock to tank. Oh, it yeah. couldn't decide which way it wanted to go. And then it got the voice of opinion followed by millions of investors that said, no, I hated the report. And it tanks. So, I mean, you have to even love Jim Kramer or hate Jim Kramer. Oh, you have moved, to respect yeah. his influence on the stocks. And he moves price. So that's why you've got to watch him. I mean, on those interviews, when he's talking about a stock specifically, and if the stock's down and it's getting hammered on millions and millions of shares, he's not going to have any push on that. But when a stock's just sitting here wishy-washy and is trying to decide, oh, does the market like it, doesn't like it, and somebody comes out, I love the report, it rips on it. So these are all just edges that you have to understand as a trader. Well, uh, I don't know if you're going to be buying this push in pre-market, but did you see Baba today? Alibaba holding adjusted EPS coming in here at $1.75, beating the $1.52 estimate, and it's pushing right now. Um, you guys can take a look at that sales at 30.69 billion, beating the 30.05 billion estimate back above 100. It turned, I, you know, to me, it turned and it, it's moving up where it's going to stop. I don't know, not buying it up, uh, six bucks, but you know, it had that look. Oh, it looked great. 125. We're breaking out two days range down there. Boom. Oh, at 90, we're going to 70. Find some support. So looking for this. It's already in the $100 handle. I think if you're looking for more on the upside. Do a 50% retrace on this, Joel. It's all oh, of this move of the here. Move. Yeah, the, the, the most move. recent one. From the 124 down to like the 87, just to give us a feel. Because you're going to meet out that oh, you're 107. Off. Yeah. So look if at it those... gets silly town, that's where you start unloading. Yeah, that's what I would think too. And look at the lows. Nice call down at 661 and 716. Those are your highs on uh, the 20th and 21st of July. So Baba on the rebound, 3 million share. Boy, they're, they're swinging some shares around on this one. All right, so this next one up got a new name. It's no longer Penn National Gaming. It's Penn Entertainment, baby. 
they changed, changed their name. Their name. Changed wow. the name, baby. Penn Good National change. Gaming EPS here coming in at 50, 15 cents, missing 56 cent estimate. I like that name change. Yeah, it's not so, like square to block. Well, you know? I mean, maybe if they bring, you know, Portnoy back, smashing some hammers, maybe they'll get some entertainment. I like but that. Yeah. Sales at $1.63 billion, beating the $1.61 billion estimate. They reiterated uh, guidance. Um, so it's not looking too bad. I know that today is the Hall of Fame game, like Joel reminded me yesterday. And it's the first preseason NFL game. So you probably are going to see a little bit of lift. And just to kind of give it, let me give it with Penn is MGM Resorts numbers. Sure. EPS here coming in at $0.03, cents, not compared to the $0.26 cent estimate there. Sales at $3.3 billion, beating the $3.04 billion estimate for MGM Resorts. Okay. I know these stocks have rallied. but I sold many, mine. I, I sold mine. Did, it was did, a nice trade. I, how many people are betting on preseason football games? Joel, the thing think they have an edge. Like think they have an edge. Joel, it's just the addiction. It's the addiction. If you're addicted to betting on the NFL and you just got the opportunity to bet again, baby, you take that opportunity. Just like day traders love to trade. And guess what? A lot of times, what do they have trouble doing is not trading. Oh, they do. I mean, there is such a gambling aspect to life in itself. I mean, life is a gamble. Every time you do anything, it's really a gamble. But people like gambling on sports. Like, I've never been a big gambler, but dude, I have lots of friends that got their apps and they're sitting there and betting on every everything. <laughs> so there, there is more people gambling than you think. Um, so I know you think it's going to go away, but I don't think that's the case. I think people gamble more when they're having money trouble because they think this is going to get me out of the money trouble. So <laughs> it's been an impressive move. What about DKNG? Look at this move the last it's three days nice here, Joel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll flex. Macro. I'll flex when I can. There you go. Did you, did you hey, have this one? Come on. Dennis you already sold it, baby. 20% three days. There you go. That's See, you money swing, makes some good calls, man. That's a nice call. Swing nice trading. Trade. Nice trade, Mitch. Nice trade. No, this um, was all about this, well. this look for the NFL. And so I've talked about this as a yearly trade going into the preseason. We usually get some lift. Um, I took it based on that. Another thing that helped it, of course, was an up market, right? If we were getting crushed, I was concerned about it, but we kept yeah. coming up there. I sold it yesterday right into that push into 1690. I got 1690. Top of the day, 1691. Wow. Take it. That's rare. Wow. It's rare for anybody to get the top because usually it's only Citadel or Virtue that get the top. Well, I mean, there's not that many <laughs> shares. There's not that yeah. many shares. <laughs> traded on. It did trade up to 1740 this morning, just to, just to tick ooh, above that. Seven, just to 17. make me feel like I missed out on some juice. <laughs> well, let's see if you come back down to uh, you know, come back down to the top of yesterday's range. Uh, I'm looking at this. I mean, it's still. It's still in an up mode, right? Up twenty eight cents, trading up on the close. We'll see. We'll see if there's some more serious sellers here at seventeen off the open because you did have a couple daily highs in that area. Yeah, not too bad from thirteen eighties. I'll take that anytime. Uh, let's take a look. Let's get out of the gambling stocks. Let's go to Wayfair. Wayfair is interesting hmm. stock here, missing here at a dollar ninety four, missing the dollar eighty nine estimate. <sighs> Uh, and these were loss, right? Um, and sales here at $3.28 billion, uh, beating the $3.19 billion estimate. Way fair. What do you guys think now? Uh, I can't fight the buy the dipper, so I'm not going to fight that trade that's working. I mean, Datadog, too, this morning. It was down on 100 bucks. We had a, uh, somebody in the chat bought it on 100 Congratulations. It's 112 or 106 here now. So, I mean, this is just, this is, you know, just tough to, like, fight that. Like, stock goes down 10%. You're shorting them now. I mean, that might have worked, you know, a month ago, but shorting them in the hole here right now has not been the way to make money. It's like fading everything is really like, let's be honest here. Fading everything is still working. Buy the dip, sell the rip, short the rip, buy the dip. I mean, it's just been working. So I'm not coming in and shorting something down 9%, just like I'm not, wasn't coming in on Lucid, even though in Lucid's still holding the support, same, same exact price. I just can't bring myself to just chase stocks in this environment. Chasing in 2022 has been the, the path to ruin for traders. 
Uh, pulling back here, oof, boy, there's not much in this area as far as daily lows go. We do have a pre-market low of 57.20, so we will keep an eye on that. Your 50% retracement. Well, y- yesterday's low, let's see what happens at yesterday's low. If the buy the dippers are going to step in here, boom, it, it got there in the pre-market, and then it's holding above it at yesterday's low, so we'll keep an eye on that. If you do get a rally, a lot of green candles coming into this. Um, and, well, wow. Uh, let's see. We gave everything back. Wow. The street was leaning the wrong way into this one. Had that big update yesterday. So don't know if you're going to see that uh, that closing price is 64.44. Just the other thing, Dennis, to what you alluded to about, you know, selling these stocks in the hole. It The market structures change. These stocks have bottomed. They've come off the lows. People have, you know, shorts or people looking to they're get hungry long. Be thinking, on the buy side. Yeah, they're like, oh, man, if I, yeah, I missed, uh, I missed Square. Or I missed PayPal. But. Man, if I could get a pullback here, yeah. and I think that's kind of what yeah. you're seeing. Whereas on the way down here, you know, in Wayfair, like, whew, where's the support? Huh, well, where's the support? Well, huh, now now you can look on your charts, even on your monthlies, and you have a couple lows in the same area. Definitely. I would agree with that. Uh, keep watch on that. Uh, a lot of buy the dip mentality. And you see it even in bad earnings. It comes down. It comes back up. Good earnings comes down, comes back up. Uh, the logicalness there is kind of getting off of the, and it's more the buy the dip. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Let's go towards booking holdings. That's an interesting one. A really good beat here on this one. Uh, The EPS here coming in at $19.08 there, beating the $17.56 estimate. So big beat there on EPS. Um, sales at 4.29 billion, missing the 4.3 billion estimate. And you would think if we're going in a recession, probably this is heading down, but I don't know. Oh, that's EPS. what it's doing. They pulled the rug out. So I was watching this yesterday, trading up over a hundred points on the report. Oh. And again, we get the rug pulled. Fade trade continues to work on both sides. People who are just selling mm. that rip up at 2090, 2-0. So it was up 130 points almost, 125 points on this earnings report. And then it started to leak and it started to leak and started to leak. And then I was like, it dropped like 100 points. So I was like, this thing's going to go red. I'm like, this is actually going to go red. I bought TripAdvisor off of it and I was playing Expedia off of it too. And I'm like, I got to get out of these because this fucking, <laughs> this leader is going to turn red. And sure enough, then they really wow. pulled it. Once it went red, then they pulled it down and they knocked it down 80 points. Like, and like, it felt like seconds. So, I mean, now it's trading down on an okay report. So it's the fade trade just continues to work. We can say, oh, bull, 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 but fade, 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 working on both sides. Well, is the fade on value still continuing to work? If you take a look at Clorox, let's go to Clorox EPS at 93 cents in line there. Sales at 1.8 billion, missing the 1.86 billion estimate. Clorox sees full year 23 adjusted EPS 
at $3.85 on the low end, high end $4.22. Estimate was $4.11. Stock is not cheap. These consumer staple stocks and people are hiding in these things with these multiples trading 20, 25 times earnings. I mean, so it's going to make four. How much is going to make this year? What's the P on the sucker? Oh, let's take a look here. This is not a cheap stock. I haven't seen it in a little while. I'm going to look. What is the P on this thing? I don't feel like doing the air math. I'm just looking it up. But if you're making four bucks, it doesn't sound like a cheap stock to me. I think I got 28. Yeah, you're coming in. Like the P's on these things. I'd pay 28 times earnings for a consumer staple. I mean, I don't know what people are doing. I don't get it. But anyways, I don't know. They buy the dip on everything, so I'm not going to fade it. But I, <laughs> I think there's a lot better. Like who's don't buying the this tape. back in 2021 at $230 a share? I guess they thought maybe COVID was coming back or something. Maybe then I have no idea. But holy mackerel, <laughs> stock is not cheap. Um, someone asking, should I buy DraftKings today? I, w- I we can't tell you what you should buy or shouldn't buy, but at least in my eyes, I think you'd be doing it wrong if you're looking at DraftKings Basically. today. But yeah, hey, you're chasing now. We'll see what happens. Like always, it could this- get up there. Could be uh, uh, people still not paying attention to that NFL trade. We'll see what happens. The, the setup over. was for Mitch three days ago when you were just bunching up here against resistance of 14. Then you got the breakout and boom, and then you're off. Exactly. The it gives you, you, it gives you levels to go you off. You had a catalyst too. with the NFL thing too. It just set up well. Great trade, Mitch. That trade, but Mitch has booked that trade. So yeah, now you're coming booked. in. You, now you're coming in and you're like, okay, you're you're actually buying it from somebody who's made the trade already. You're like taking, you know, you're, you're taking the other side, the person that just booked the 20% gain. That's yeah. chasing. I don't chase stocks. Obviously, you can do whatever you want. You can put on any trade as long as you know where your out is. But it's hard to control the risk on this puppy now because it just went 1711. Even to come back down to 15, well, it's still in breakout mode, but you just lost two bucks. So you almost have to wait for a pullback, in my opinion, on this thing now. All right, let's take a look at Walmart as they've begun to lay off corporate employees. Uh, this was confirmed by CNBC. Of course, they come. Uh, the reason why they're saying it is because a pullback in discretionary spending due to inflation. Um, Joel, I don't know. Too I, much. I, I, I. It's I think come all got, the way back. So I know, unbelievable. And it came all the way back, filled the gap. And now it's like, okay, well, does it continue or is it giving it back? I think this is, this is a pitch in the dirt. I don't know where this is going. This is go anywhere. I, I mean, I just think from the last two thing, news you got out of the company, uh, the lower guidance, not good news. And cause cutting 200 corporate jobs sounds like to me is that they don't plan on making as much money and they want to start trimming some fat and trimming some expenses. So yep. I think that, I think what the company's telling you is that things aren't so rosy. So I think I'd go but, with what the company's telling me as opposed to, you know, just randomly thinking Walmart's coming back and bought the dip. It came all the way back. Maybe get a nice trading range in this for you know a period of time. Maybe get back down into you know the lower one twenties and bounce around between one twenty two, one thirty two, something like that. But uh, not good news from the company. I'm not rushing out to buy it. it. It's it's already had the rally off the dip. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm at this point in time. It's just you know, it's there's no there's sometimes just not a trade there, and that's why I would say in this case, it's just not yeah. a trade here. All right. This is something that I'll keep watch. Uh, it's definitely uh, been getting negative catalysts lately, um, but we have been seeing other retailers not looking too bad. So it's an interesting story that Walmart is continuing to struggle. All right. After the close today, we'll have Twilio, Lyft, and Beyond Meat. So uh, pick one of those, Joel. Which one do you want to touch? Uh, Twilio probably don't even have to look at the charts. Probably had a nice, a little bit of a rally, low expectation. Yeah, nice coming back from 80 to 100. I mean, uh, a nice pop on this, and you know, they love the report. I'd keep a close eye on 110. Uh, easily could go there. I see a bunch of highs in that area, and then I'll just stick with this scenario based on what, uh, you know, it does looks like it's going to move a little bit higher today. Uh, but you know, let's say we make a hundred to high today, low 80, you know, you get a dip in the, the 90, 91 area, but that's just the way these, uh, the, you know, I'm just going based on what some of these ad- other tech stock do- have done off the report. And then, um, uh, you know, if they dip, 
well, it's been bought so far. If they rip, there's always people willing to take a profit. And I, that 110 is really sticking out to me. Somebody wants to talk Square. I'll talk it too. Sure. I have Square. <laughs> I bought Square, I think, about, I'm going to say Look. about 12 trading days ago or 13 trades trading days ago. I think I paid $64. It's 88 bucks. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I put it in, in the long-term account, but I just, you know, I'm up like 30% in two weeks, and now I have to go through a report. I almost wanted to sell it and see what happens with the report. What account? Is it, a, is it a swing account or a long account? I put it in the long account, and I just put okay. the partial position. Um, So it wasn't a, a swing trade. I'd be gone. A swing trade. I'd be gone, Joel. I'm trying to, like, separate it. But, I mean, when your stock goes up 35% or 30% in two weeks, and you're going to take it through a report. The expectations all of a sudden were in the gutter three weeks ago. Now they're high. PayPal just put them high. I mean, talk about the PayPal versus yeah. Square. PayPal gets the move, takes off. Square is up in sympathy. Then Square ends up closing up more than PayPal. I mean, that's how hungry they are for stocks. I mean, now expectations are high for Square. So I'm scared to take it through the report. So I think I might book the gain on my Square. Um, and then I think, again, the China situation is influencing me too, because I think there's going to be this overall rug pull. So it's influencing my whole plot, which I might be wrong. You know, I might be wrong on that, but I keep coming back to that. It's like, I don't mind taking profits on stuff right now because I'm concerned overall that we are now back in the woods. We are starting to throw us back in the woods. Yeah. The true China scenario yeah. like uh, that, that, that you got that we've been discussing and talking about, then why would you want to own absolutely anything? I don't. Why would why would you why That's would you be a hundred percent cash and and well, I tell you, and we've had this conversation. I never go to a hundred percent cash in my long term portfolio because it is the worst case scenario if stocks go up because then everybody else is getting wealthy relative to you. And you're worse off than everyone else. I mean, it's not like it's a competition, yeah. but in an inflationary environment, and now everybody else, everything inflates more, and you're left in cash, which is holding the dust. So my long-term account, I never go 100% cash just in case you're wrong. I never go all in. 100% cash is an all-in bet that there's a massive sell-off coming to the markets. I, I adjust it. So I'm always... I rarely go oh even fifty percent cash, but we know I did that in the in the in the recent sell off. I'm back up to forty two percent cash because I'm worried. I'm not. I don't think I'm taking it to fifty though. I'm not as worried as I was before. Um, you know, I was fifty two percent back in June. I bought a bunch of stocks in June and July, which ended up helping my whole portfolio because obviously, you know, I was down in some of the stocks I had bought before. But stocks like AMD that I was massively down in. I added to it the Kathy Wood style, and they end up coming back, and I end up basically scratching the trade, so or, or scratching it out. And I still have a little piece of it, you know. But that's just, you know, hey, the hey, stock hey. just come back up. Leave Kathy alone; she's not looking too bad He's anymore. Killing Dennis. it, man. We called and the low. Did you Who see called Kathy low? Who well, well, Kathy I, I, I can give it to you, but at the same time. You give it too much crap, so I'm not going to give it to you, Dennis. <laughs> I do give her crap. <laughs> I say I like Kathy now. I'm liking Kathy. No, I even sent her. She's what did I Kathy. say? I sent a nice tweet on something. She said that made sense for once. Did you see so, Coin like take Kathy off there, guys? Right coin for some reason's taking off. The only thing that I have on Coin right now is a tweet that is out there from BlackRock that BlackRock's clients will have direct access to crypto markets through Coinbase Prime. And uh, coin is ripping right now. I saw the chat catch it also. Oh, this is the only thing that I see out there right now. If you guys see anything else, please let me know. But I might be the worst crypto. Take. I might be the worst crypto trader on the planet. I might be the worst Coinbase trader on the planet because I bought this thing and then I sold it and I've sold completely out of it. And obviously, didn't Kathy get out. out of this one though? Yeah, me and Kathy, <laughs> we suck at trading Coinbase. Whatever I say on Coinbase, do the opposite. I suck at trading this thing. What do you think of that chart, Joel? Uh, it's moving up, uh, you know, off the, you know, off the possibility that people are going to be trading crypto through, uh, through BlackRock, through Coinbase. Just uh, eighty nine thirty eight would be my short term target here for today, and after that, things really open up. But uh, nice lift, a million shares uh, on the news. Make sure it takes out the uh, uh, pre market high. All right, that's going to do it for us. Like always, I want to give you guys a chance to talk about what is coming up on August 18th. What is that? What, what are we going to get into, guys? What should everybody be watching? Right there. Got, 
Yep, you got it right in front of you. And uh, Mitch, we're gonna we're gonna have a a great promo coming out for this uh, later. Oh on yeah, today. stay tuned, guys. Yeah, we got a high energy, really fun promo coming out for this soon enough. But like always, guys, check out the introduction to swing trading. Uh, it's gonna be really fun with pre market prep, hosted by none other than. Yes, I said it, guys. Spencer Israel. You guys don't want to miss his return there. Joel Alconan, Dennis Dick, Rob Friesen. I love the, the combination of these three traders as you guys see them on pre-market prep. And if you guys haven't caught Rob, I would definitely tell you guys to go to pre-market prep plus and just check it out one time. If you guys feel like you don't get anything from Rob, well, let me know because I'll probably watch that one and get some out of it myself. Um, I love the way he trades. He always focusing on seasonality, rotation, and how you can use different kind of hedging vehicles. So check that on out. Of course, you'll get Dennis there also taking uh, a look at it and some technicals by my man, Joel O'Connor. Okay. I got one housekeeping item. I want to wish my mother a happy birthday here today. <gasps> um, yeah. And, I wish I would have um, known. I should have got the happy birthday going here. You're going to get the happy birthday going in the background. So Mitch is always usually ready on that stuff. But no, I didn't give you the heads up. So happy birthday, mom. And happy Mitch, birthday. fabulous job as always. I'm telling you, you know, Spencer ran the show for like seven years. Mitch is coming. Big shoes to fill, but he's doing a fabulous job doing it. So thank you so much. I'm trying. Mitch. I'm trying. I'm trying. Like always, we got to improve, get 2% better every single day. We're trying. Whether That's all that we can do. You know, catching the numbers and getting into you guys fast, talking about all the topics that you guys want to uh, cover. And like always, trying to get to getting the most out of Dennis and Joel, which is the reason why we're all here and we hang out here every single day to get some wisdom from these guys. Appreciate you like always, Dennis and Joel. Um, I know Joel already hopped, but like always, Dennis, definitely thank you for coming on every single morning and doing this with us. Good luck, everyone. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us right here on Pre-Market Prep, the number one morning show to get your morning started for the markets. Now, let's go ahead. Let's dive into this market. I got Zunaid, Ryan, and of course, I will be joining you guys on live trading. We've been killing it. I'm not even going to lie. We've been pretty good this last month and a half. Let's see if we can continue the rally in our own trading here as we've had some really killer trades on, you know, even the fast movers like AMTD. We were doing some swing trading. Come check it out, guys. We've been kicking ass That's the, and taking names. That's really what we're doing. So let's go get back to it. Live trading. Meet me on over there, guys. And I'll see you guys right in a couple of seconds. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.